Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer. It's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bag and Broadcast, episode number 103. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three segments, the first of which... Being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week... Then we follow that up with the list, which is the comic books we're most looking forward to or thankful for this week, mm-hmm. November 23rd. And then we go into our main topic, which it's getting close to that time. Our holiday special's coming up. Uh, you guys remember last year's, how amazing it was. And this year, <laughs> we're trying to... It was so great, like, it just blocked it from everybody's memories. Yeah. It was so great we couldn't actually post it to the internet because it, it would destroy the internet. <laughs> we had to retcon it. <laughs> uh, but this year, thanks to... Uh, In-joke, we didn't do one last year. <laughs> we had one planned. It just did not work. Life. Uh, with Battleship coming out, we said, hey, let's take a game and make a movie out of it holiday-themed. And today is our pitch ideas for that. Well, they all heard about that on... Um, our 101 episode, right? It was actually our not episode. <laughs> that actually did not get recorded, <laughs> unfortunately, due to technical malfunctions, which we've had a lot of recently. Yeah. Seeing as you'll probably be listening to this the same week you're listening to episode 100, 101, and 102. We're just coming at you rapid fire. Yeah. Man, we have so many episodes, we're probably going to have to drink a lot to get through. I know, and as John said, it's... Thanksgiving is this week. Hopefully you are settled in and have one ear listening to your grandma and the other ear listening to us uh, around the Thanksgiving table. And you're wondering, man, I got slashed last night on some crappy beer. I need to make up for it this weekend. And I need to get in the holiday spirit. Here at the Bag and Broadcast, we love you guys. And we want you to make the right drinking decisions. So we are going to find the best Christmas beer. Yay! For you. And we're and we're gonna. It's like another bracket buster. It is basically. We have beers going head to head, left and right, all over the place. This is this is not just. This isn't a bracket though. This is like entering into a coliseum. Two beers enter, one, one beer, beer leaves. leaves. But this week, who uh, runs part of town? <laughs> I love competition so much that I brought three beers what? to the table. Two of which are both being from Sam Adams from Boston Brewery Company. Beer Company? Boston Beer Company, right? Sam Adams? Boston Beer Brews. Boston Beer Company. Yep. Sam, Sam Adams. And uh, one of our listeners' favorite breweries, Colorado Ales Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they have a Christmas ale out, which I really enjoy. And this is my front runner in this competition. This is my champion that I'm bringing to the Coliseum. Ooh. I know Chris; he has a champion. I have one, which we'll probably be doing week. next week or the week after. I don't remember. Uh, uh, week's I, my my, next? my week's next. Week. Okay, so soon I bring out the third. So first, we're going to be sampling a little bit of the old Fezziwig from Sad Adams. Uh, this is something that comes out year after year. Now, are we just looking for the most? Christmassy or the best one of these? It has to be. You have to 
you take have in the the Christmas ness. This is the this is Christmas beers, or you know, winter seasonal holiday beers. Um, I haven't had this since last year. Obviously, it's an annual beer. Um, it's darker than I remember it, not, just in color. Yeah, it, it's it kind of just washes, washes right. It yeah. washes out of your mouth. It there is, is nothing to. There's nothing beer. there. It's like a red, honestly. Mm-hmm. It is. Like it has that little bit of like spice mm-hmm. to it, but nothing beyond that. No, yeah, it's, it's supposed to have cinnamon notes. I'm getting nothing. It's got a little bit of that minor watered down kind of teriyaki to it. Nothing. Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing stellar about this at all. Yeah. No, this is sad. I think I remember this being better last year, but I don't know. It could be because there weren't really any other holiday beers they had had. Up against it, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I always remember it, this out of the uh, winter pack from Santa Adams as something enjoyable and looking forward to having this. You know, this is just this doo doo. Depressing after the two other beers we had yesterday yeah. out of this pack. <laughs> yeah, um, you might hear us naysay the two winter ales out of the out of the um, winter sampler pack from Sam Adams, but pick it up just to get the um, chocolate box. The chocolate box. And the black and brew, black and brew, because both Just those beers, try those. both those beers, fan fucking tastic. And you only get two bottles in the pack. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> uh, this next beer from Sam Adams, you can actually pick up in a twelve pack. It's their Wicker Lager. It's a malt beverage brewed with spices. So this is, and this has a very Christmassy around the the. Uh, fireplace kind of motif on front. Yeah, you got some mistletoe on there. You got a shutter. Fireplace, fireplace, you know, mantle and everything, and it's a fucking mantle on it. It's know? darker, but it's still got a nice golden reddish hue to it. Yeah, it's, it kind of looks similar to the uh, to the old Fezziwig. It has that kind of red amber color. I just hope it's a little bit better. Oh, I it, don't think it's a lot better. It's got just your normal, almost kind of a skunky beer smell to it. Yeah, yeah. it's my beer, so I'm pouring myself a bigger glass. Do it because I'm a um, like that. This one has a little bit more of that Christmassy taste to it. Yeah, you get a little bit more like nutmeggy kind of. It does, but it really like puckers my mouth, and I like I, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, this is yeah. It has a like almost a lemony kind of quality to that pucker. Yeah, not that it tastes like lemon, but it does. It just have that tightens. Same it tightens my jaw. Yeah, it's similar. Oh, orange zest. Ah, that's, that's citrus. Ginger for rich, satisfying brew. That seems to make winter a little warmer, the label says. It just seems mediocre. Yeah, it's... Man, out of that pack, I was expecting so much more. I was, after having the uh, the Black and Brew, oh. which is, they're like a... It's an ale with coffee, mixed with, with coffee. With coffee, and it, you get that creamy coffiness to, uh, Not to a beer. Not coffee ground. It's yeah. like creamy coffee. It's like... It, I mean, it's like a... So like, that sounds like a good. Latte. I want one of those. Almost like a latte. Mm-hmm. We have one in your fridge. I'm going to drink it. I sent you home with one. I know. Okay. I didn't drink it the other day. I'm going to tonight. Most likely. I don't even want to finish this. Does anyone want the rest of this? No, I'm okay. Let's pour it into mine. I'll You're not going to get sick, are you? No, <laughs> don't get sick, Paul. Not two weeks in a row. That would be crazy. <laughs> Shh. They don't know that yet. <laughs> no, they probably no they're, they're going to listen to these all in a row, <laughs> oh, so they will. Oh, they're shotgunning it, much like I did those beers yesterday, or last <laughs> week. Uh, 
And talking about the past week, we might as well get into our Week in Geek. Yes, Paul, this is all your baby. Oh, I love the Week in Geek, but I hate it during slow, slow news weeks like this week. Um, we're getting into that kind of nerd news kind of lull where big video game releases are happening. You know, Skyrim just happened. Um, you had the release of Legend of Zelda, uh, Skyward Sword. But honestly, uh, it, it's kind of the doldrums during the holiday season. The comic book news, you kind of slow down. In fact, like last year, they didn't even do a whole week of releases, you know, that last week. Yeah. But, uh, and all you really hear is about is delays, like people missing the holiday season this year. Much like Torchlight 2 is going to be pushed back to 2012, which I'm a little upset about because that was the game that was going to hold me over till Diablo 3. I'm okay with playing Skyrim nonstop, <laughs> yes. all night long. I, I, I would have to agree with, with Chris with that. And it, um, Torchlight's the downloadable for Xbox game? Well, it was available on PC first. It was a downloadable title on Steam, and then it was going to come out. It only had a single-player functionality of Torchlight 1. Torchlight 2 was bringing the multiplayer. Oh, okay. So I was like, yes, I will wait for Torchlight 2 and play the crap out of the multiplayer, especially if it takes Xbox, because if Diablo 3 doesn't hit the consoles, then I know that, like, oh, you guys will probably play Torchlight with me. Because Diablo, honestly, single-player... Isn't that big of a sell? See, I've always loved playing Diablo single player. Like, yeah, you know, the co-op is yeah, fun. that's what I like. But that's a game, like, I predominantly played single player, and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be fun to play Torchlight. Yeah, like, um, I really enjoy it. Same with Chris, is I've probably played more single player of um, Diablo mm-hmm. than online with you guys. But, uh, and Torchlight was fun, but I, um... I didn't think it was that great. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the same appeal to me as uh, Diablo. Yeah, right. Here's a fun fact about Diablo 2. I actually ran a uh, Diablo 2 guild. Yeah? Yeah. It was um, an all-Druid guild. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I still played it more single what was, player. What was the name of the guild? I do not remember. We're talking like 10 years ago now. <laughs> I guess We so. had like a tripod website. Oh, I remember cool. that. Not Angel Fire, huh? No, fuck Angel Fire. And fuck GeoCities. Yeah, Tripod is the way to go. Um, I don't, I, I don't remember it honestly. Like, I'm yeah. sure the website's still probably there into the ether. Like, I passed all the information off to someone else. The only guild that I ever joined was X-wing versus Tie Fighter. Like, doing one of those multiplayer like guild. It wasn't a guild. I forget <clears throat> what it was. A squad. Which was fun. I've never done any of that. I'm not a big of a nerd. You're missing out. Yeah, I'm missing out because X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter... That game was awesome. ...was awesome, especially being in a squadron and having the call sign and all that. Like, What was your call sign? Yellow 3. We were yellow. We like yellow. It was a college kids like with Mountain Dew, so they thought it was funny to be... Like, the leader of it was yellow number 5 because of yellow guy. Oh. So then we all had to be... Yellow with the number. Yeah, number. Yeah, like right two, right one. Like you should have been yellow 152. No, you would have to... Yeah. Return of the Jedi, there was like a yellow squadron. I want to say they were the Y-Wing pilots, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I could be wrong. I flew an A-Wing. A-Wings are decent. I love A-Wings. A-Wings were created to uh, combat the uh, Interceptors. Mm-hmm. They were uh, the that fastest of the Republic ships. 
Which I am such a fucking nerd. <laughs> that was my job in the in any fight. Go after the, anybody in a tie interceptor. So that was the thing. Yeah. Tractor beams. Hated tractor beams in that game. And we were worried we had nothing to talk about. In <laughs> I know. We're finding out so much stuff. You know, that was ten years ago, Chris. Oh, wow. That was so long ago. What else is ten years old now? Xbox. The original Xbox and also, of course, Halo, since he had the another big game release, Halo uh, Anniversary Edition. But, yeah, Xbox had its ten-year anniversary. And that is a game system having an anniversary that actually makes me feel really old. I know that the Genesis and... NES had yeah. like a 20 year anniversary not too long ago. See, 25 year anniversary for NES. Didn't feel too old then. Those make me feel a lot older. Uh, Xbox see, turned say, 10. Say, saying um, Sonic the Hedgehog just turned 20, and mm-hmm. I go, oh my god, I was 9 when that game came out. That makes me feel old. The fact that I can remember uh, playing like Zelda and Super Mario Brothers, and last year those turned 25. Yeah. Like, that's like insane. Yeah, I don't feel that, because I'm like, oh, that is an old system. That came out forever ago. Look at how far we've come. And then Xbox turning 10, it's like, oh, that was 10 years ago, Xbox? Yeah, but also, like, hey, that's when we graduated from high school, you know? It doesn't seem that bad. Dreamcast, two years ago, you know, 9999. Yeah. That 10-year anniversary made me feel old, because that was a system I bought on a release date, that I had a job. That I had money to buy. <laughs> you know, to actually buy the system? Uh, okay. $99.99, I actually bought Final Fantasy VIII. That okay. came out the same day. <clears throat> I had that pre-ordered. See, I had to wait until it hit PC. It was Final also the, the first day of school that year, I remember, because I wanted to just do nothing but play Final Fantasy VIII all day. Really? Yeah. That's the first day Yeah, because I remember like my aunt actually went to go pick up my game so I could have it when I got home from school. Cool. I didn't have a PlayStation 2. Or PlayStation yeah, 1. That was PS1. Yeah. But at least that came out on PC. Eventually. I didn't play any, really any of the Final Fantasy games. Well, you're not an RPG guy. Like not. The first like RPG game that you actually played and enjoyed was like Diablo. Yes. I mean, and I then hope. after that, it's kind of like Borderlands, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy 8 was the game that kind of made me fall out of the Final Fantasies, because I'm like... 8 was solid. I loved 8. Well, no, because then I realized the limitations of that kind of you know, storytelling in those video games because I'm like, dude, no, Squall, definitely hit up the teacher, Quintus. Like, she, yeah. she's kind she's, of going on. She's, she's wearing good glasses and she's like, wants it. Like, dude, like, where's my option? Where's, where's the Mass Effect option here? Where's, where's, where's the buying of the flowers like in Final Fantasy VII and doing all the little all things? Who literally is the pervert of the <laughs> video games? I'm like... <laughs> I want to make the choice of who my character sleeps hey, with. Well, then you should have... Three ways, bringing prostitutes home. You should have played, like, <laughs> Thousand Arms, then. It had that. It was a... The dating the sim. The dating sim. Yeah. But depending on which, like, girl you went with, they all, like, were blacksmiths, <laughs> and they would, like, imbue your weapons with different stuff. It was actually kind of fun. <laughs> like... Alright. Well, it was an RPG, though. That's, see, that's where I fell out of the, the Final Fantasies, though. Because I'm like, oh, this is very linear. There is no choice. You just go and do... And, you know, that's why I love Mass Effect and Dragon Age so much. Because they're minute choices that I make, mm-hmm. but they're still my choices. Yeah. Choice is good. That's why <laughs> I love Skyrim. Like, that game is awesome. I know. You... Feeding priests to cannibals. Or not. Oh, I didn't! 
I saved him last minute. <laughs> the last second. It's fucking great. Like, that game, it has everything. Like, it's, there's so much in it. You're just looking forward to playing it again. Much like how I'm looking forward to comic books coming out this Wednesday, huh? Well, let's talk about it. Comic books coming out November 23rd. Um, no big surprise, I'm picking the DC book. Um, a lot of the books that I picked up with the, uh, New 52 that I intended mm-hmm. to look into and keep reading, I'm still going to be buying. Uh, one of those is actually Teen Titans number 3 by Scott Lodell and Brett Booth. Um, I don't know, this has everything I want in a Teen Titans book. It's cool seeing these quote-unquote new characters interacting for the first time um, because it does really work well with kind of what they've set up before. Like, I don't feel like I'm reading different characters than I had before because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the groundwork's already been laid. It makes sense for who they are. But they're still bringing in those new characters, and I'm excited to see exactly who they are. Um, we got Bug last mm-hmm. issue, a.k.a. Skitter. Um, and this time we're getting a new one called The Wall. Not Amanda Waller, though. Nope. He's a Latino kid. Yes. That is coming across the border, right? Like, yeah. that's the big deal with him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is a book that I kind of wanted to like more than I did. Have you have you read the other I, issues? I, th- I read one and I picked up two and I, you know, it's good. It hit, hits the level that the team. Did you call was. her Wonder Girl? Is that what you did, Paul? Did I color Wonder? Call her Wonder Girl. No, I don't think I did. But she keeps saying in like the first issue, "Don't call me Wonder Girl." All right. Uh, that's probably what he did. Yeah, what probably did that. No, oh. it's just a book that's solid, but not something that I would put near the top of my stack. So it's one of the books that I will borrow from you and. You're more, you're more than welcome to. Because as we pointed out in episode 99, I was picking up way too many books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that is one that I'm... Well, what book is on the top of your stack uh, this week, Paul? It's on the top of the stack and much because it is on notice. And it is... Ooh. And I'm putting uh, The Shade, number two on notice, James Robinson, a character that I have loved for so long and have talked about so much on this podcast. One of the best things about the Starman Jim Robinson run was the shade. But I think it's really coming to that I'm reading James Robinson and expecting him to be writing like writers of comic books do now. And he's still writing in that late 90s, early 2000s, heavy word balloon kind of style. And that long kind of going for the long form. And I'm just not... into that anymore. I, I, I don't know what it is. It just it didn't do anything for me. I think what it was is it's not it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. And because I mean I just I've been rereading those and reading them for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, those uh, Starman books and they're fantastic. They're great. Hmm. And you know it's a I love that form. And I don't feel like I'm getting that here. Yeah. And it might be because I'm not sitting down to read the whole series. Yeah. I'm just getting one issue at a time. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't have the same feel. The shade doesn't have the same yeah. feel. He's not scampish. And the uh, Odell, um, I'm forgetting her first name. Uh, the cop, the, the, Ma- yeah, Maggie. The, right? Ma- yeah, I think so. Maggie. Uh, she even says that he needs to go out on an adventure because he's not acting the same. But what I found. But the character, the two character voices were so similar. Like, they both talked in a slightly 
like af- more affluent way than I think a cop should, especially yeah. an Irish cop. You know, that's been in an Irish cop family forever. Yeah. Like the words, the wording and stuff that she was using, it just seemed too much like the shade voice. It just didn't feel right to me. Yeah, and I this everything that happened in the book, especially at the end, it just mm-hmm. didn't just didn't flow right for me. Yeah, and it's yeah. not what like I think a lot of it too was you're sitting down expecting so much yeah. from this book because it's somebody you love so much mm-hmm. from that series, and that, then I get the, then you get it and you're like, I guess it's okay, but it's not what I wanted. Yeah, because first. Five pages is him talking to the starman that I don't like, Mikkel, and just drinking tea. And then, at the end, you got the new Deathstroke show showing up, and it feels kind of like just shoehorned in to like be, no, this is really part of the new continuity. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't feel like he would use De- like why Deathstroke? He wouldn't have yeah. placed an opal. Like there's so many other villains that they used in the run prior. Yeah. Yeah, it did seem just shoehorned in, and, and mm-hmm. like to people who would pick this up because they're Starman fans would be like, "Oh, Deathstroke, maybe I should check out the Deathstroke book," yeah. which I think is just kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it is on notice. I'm looking forward to reading it and loving it to turning around. But you know, it's really up to James Robinson at this point and the editors of DC. John, <laughs> uh, I'm picking up something from Avatar Press by uh, Garth Ennis and Mike Wolfer, and it's called Stitched, and it's based off of a movie script that uh, Ennis wrote, and it's about soldiers that crash, um, crash, in a, uh, have a helicopter crash in um, the Middle East, and as they're trying to survive out there, they're attacked by this ancient kind of order that's out in the desert and it's a kind of a horror book black hawk down meets the mummy returns yeah or (laughs) or like um meets i don't know uh the hills have eyes or something oh creepy society yeah like it's it's gonna be it's like a horror book Hmm. so it sounds pretty interesting i don't see i i can't get into any stuff that's not preacher and like his earlier Punisher stuff, I, mean, I don't know. He's just not one of those writers that really does too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Did he also do those war stories? I believe so. Those were. I heard really good things about them. Like they were one shots, like or like a small miniseries, like three issues of the, like the, uh, Russian women pilots that would come in and they would turn off their engines because they would, you know, basically because they were. Flying the worst planes that the Russians had, so they would have to turn off their engines when they came in for a striking run, so they wouldn't be shot down because they were so loud. So they would kind of glide in. They were called like night banshees or something. Like that was it. I heard good things about his war stories. Ah, uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. You know, I was, I was, and I was lost. wondering if you guys heard about him too. And that's why I was explaining. Well, I, I, I remember he, hearing about war stories. I didn't hear anything about it. Honestly, not war stories because that was a book, but he had like. War stories, not the title, but like Night Banshees or, and there was one about a nurse that was like putting like soldiers down that were like wounded terribly and she would just like end up killing them just because, you know, to put them out of their misery. Didn't hear about that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was an NS. I don't know. I I I think he might've done, he's done a lot of stuff just Mm -hmm. like. Small press, Avatar, kind of. Yeah, he does a lot of small-time stuff. 
on that screen. Well, yeah, looking to check that out. You know, and it was a movie pitch. He actually wrote and directed it. It's out there. Oh, really? Yeah, and he, t- he took that and turned it into a comic book as well. Hmm. Which cool. is probably to drum up people interested in his movie. In his movie. People like comic book movies. Right. And people also like board game movies. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Well, Clue is fucking awesome. Fucking Jumanji is even better. Wait, uh, there was a movie before? Damn, I can't use that as my pitch. Oh. Wait, Jumanji? Is your pitch? Really? really? Last week? <laughs> Paul, have you been drinking too much? <laughs> no. <laughs> But I wouldn't doubt that John would dream up a Jumanji pitch. <laughs> I was trying to give you a chance to talk about the beer. What? How? <laughs> How's Jumanji? <laughs> How's Jumanji a segue? Well, well, when have I asked, have you been drinking too much? Oh. <laughs> no, not yet. John got it. <laughs> I know. Way to not step on that one, John. <laughs> Wow, I blame that one on Paul. I was just so concerned of over John not having a pitch and being prepared for this episode. Oh, that was my idea for uh, the Ruth odds. Paul, what are you going to pick? John's picking Sigourney Weaver. I can't pick her. Who am I going to pick? Uh, this crazy writer. Liam Gibson. <laughs> Paul, what, space. what beer are we drinking now? Now we are to my champion. This is the one that I was thinking. You're, you're bringing the man with no name in, right? Yes, basically. I don't know what that's a reference to, but good. Clint Eastwood. I know it's a Clint Eastwood movie, but... No, that's a man with no face. No. That, that, that's another Mel Gibson movie, but I was talking about... Uh, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, and they call him the man with no name. Also known as the Raggedy Man. That's my Tina Turner. It's not very good. No, it was no. pretty horrible. You do one. But this is no. the Breckenridge Christmas Ale... Uh, I'm a private dancer. <laughs> That's mine. And uh, see Raggedy Man with that voice. Raggedy Man. <laughs> Is that who okay? runs Mata Town? Now I don't feel about bad about keep doing yeah. that segue because even when I did segue, yeah. you guys just went off the rails. Talk all us. about it, Paul. Just go on. Brickenridge Christmas Ale. Brickenridge Christmas Ale. Um, Breckenridge does a great vanilla porter that I enjoy. a face. So, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those beers that when I first had it, I'm like, oh, this is different. This will get me through this holiday season uh, with no troubles, and I will enjoy this throughout the winter. I really enjoy this. Um, so far, of the three you brought, I enjoy this one the best. It's got um, a little bit of a, a watery taste right up front, yeah. but it does hit you with those spices at the end. Mm-hmm. It's got the good. I'd ask John, but he got up and walked away. He blew snot out of my nose. He blew snot out of his spiciness. Nose. It's not. It's very light. Yeah. Which is weird because when you think like Christmas and winter, you think of heartier beers, but these Christmas ales have all been light. Um, yeah. I have to say this is definitely the winner out of these, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to hold a no. torch to anything else that's going to be coming. It is the weak. It is this weak contender in the overall race here, but. It is, and I mean, I, I I have to say, Chris's pick is really going to be the overall winner. I we'll see. We got I'm just we got saying, a couple more, we, uh, definitely. And I, like the what I'm going to be bringing, who knows what what they're going to be? Because um, the one I haven't had in like four years, the other one is a brand new one that I'm planning on bringing. 
Oh, wow. But, <clears throat> but I think definitely, I mean, this is a winner today, but a loser tomorrow. Okay, well, we'll see what you bring tomorrow. But I like By it. By tomorrow, I mean next week. It, this is something I would, I would drink. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, this is the only Christmas beer there. So far, this is the one I'm drinking. Yeah. No. It wouldn't stand up to, you know, like a pumpkin ale, but... No. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I... Mm, kind of blah to me. I think I just got spoiled yesterday with that chocolate box. <laughs> I, I really need to try that because you guys keep talking. I'm, I'm going to get it. I, look I think we should it. just pour that into these three glasses and go. Oh, we should definitely split it. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> All right. This isn't a contender in our uh, winter ale off or whatever we're going to wind up calling this. It's a Christmas ale off. Um, but we just poured out the uh, Samuel Adams chocolate bock, and oh dear God, this is fantastic. Probably the best chocolate beer I've ever had. Yes, it is. And, I mean, you take a sip, and you're like, wow. And if you just sit there, and you, like I was just talking to you guys, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, it still tastes like cocoa in my mouth. It, yeah, it has that just like that deep, like hot chocolate taste. Oh. Like, uh. It's so much better than hot chocolate, too. Like, hot chocolate, you're left with that kind of powdery kind of feeling, your grittiness in your mouth. This is just so smooth. and It's just so chocolatey. And, like, I talked about it yesterday uh, when I had this, and John had a sip. It's so much better than the Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever really been a fan of anything by Brooklyn. And I've never been a huge fan of anything really by Samuel Adams, but this is there. I would tell people to drink this oh, hands is, down. This is I would I would buy the pack to get this beer and give all the other beers away. And you only get two yeah. in that fifteen dollar pack. <laughs> yeah, that is, is that is seven fifty per bottle. You gotta talk to Jim Cook and be like, hey, put more of this out, because this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. This is one of my top beers. It, right it's now. fantastic. I got Red Oak on one of my top beers. <laughs> mm. I got this there. Three Philosophers, just because I love it. Because it's just there. It's just there to be loved by me. And this. <laughs> this is, it is. They make it just for you. They do. It is. Other I, people like will buy it and they'll, they'll slap. People slap their hands <laughs> like, no, Paul McGowan. No, no. This is only for Paul. Can't That's... say his last name anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. not. It's all fine. As long as you don't mention my address again, we're okay. Martin Road Studios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're not only here to drink, we're here to pitch. This is going to be voted on by you. This is something that John came up with. This is uh, John's baby. So My I'll baby. Let, I'll let him explain what's happening. What's happening? Wait, was this John's baby? I thought I came up with it. Yeah, but he came up with it as an episode. Okay. I did come up with it as an okay. episode. And us bringing a pitch each. <clears throat> Which also I think we should put up on Facebook and have people vote. I'm going to. Vote or put it up <laughs> on Facebook. Vote and tell people to vote on it. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, what it is is... We're trying, we're going to write our own holiday script, and uh, it's going to be based off of a game which a, with a holiday theme to it, and we are going to act it out again. Yeah. Uh, like um, the He-Man Shira Christmas People special. loved the He-Man one, and by people I mean we did. It was hysterical. 
Um, it's still one of our proudest episodes, oh, yeah. I feel. Uh, anyone who's like, oh, I should check your show out, I go, you should check out episode 24. It's our Christmas special. I like All spring. you need to do is read that. Watch that. I like number nine, where we interviewed Dan DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people I talk to who go, oh, I should check your show out, don't read comic oh, books, okay. so it wouldn't mean anything to them. Right. That's the one of the proudest moments of my damn life. I still have the questions. Mm-hmm. I also I liked our, framing for us. our women in comics episode. Yeah. I like that one. And I also liked our Martin Luther King special. Yeah. <laughs> the episodes that we did research for. Yeah. Imagine that. I know. The ones that we actually... Re- Man, after we started getting close to 100, we just kind of stopped yeah. doing that. Yeah. We really started phoning it in just by making up topics. <laughs> we were always making up topics. Yeah, I know. They were topics that we would actually work at. <laughs> it was topical topics. Yeah. But now, uh, here we are. We're, we're going to pitch to you, our listeners... Please go and vote on the Facebook bag and board. Find us there. And, and tell us which one you want to hear us act out. Because we will take you in consideration, as well as which one we think is the best. Yes. <laughs> and uh, let's go with Paul, because Paul's the one who really pitched his already to us. But nobody heard. But nobody, nobody heard, heard it. it. <laughs> nobody heard it. Because we were not recording. It was a true not episode. <laughs> yes. Now imagine this, guys. Three young kids recently had their parents divorced. Oh, that's so sad. It is so sad. And it's the first holiday. Last year, after the divorce, they spent their first Christmas with their mom. And things were great. It was Christmas, and it still felt like Christmas. But this year, they're going over to their dad's house. And their dad has always been known to not be the one that actually was put together and could get things done for the family. And that's kind of why the mom left. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's is really sad so far. This is getting really sad. And the kids are excited because it's still Christmas. And there they are, Christmas Eve night, (laughs) getting, getting all tucked into bed. And then suddenly they realize... Their letters to Santa had their mom's return address on it. What? Santa Claus might not know where to go this year to drop off the presents. What are they going to do? You you couldn't tell, but Paul and I both had this shocked look at each other and just made this crazy eye contact. (laughs) Right then and there, the kids hatch a plan. They need to get out of the house and get up to their neighbor's rooftops to track down Santa and tell them they're... (laughs) What address, where to drop off the presents. Only one problem is, their dad is a light sleeper. That's right. This is based off of Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. The movie. Starring Candy, the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> the young, the youngest sibling, the daughter that is constant warrior and also a naysayer. And She's then, such a naysayer. <laughs> then the middle child, uh, Charlie, who's just always into doing whatever the rest of the group suggests. He's a constant me-tour, you know, middle child. And then you got the overbearing and bossy Ralphie, the the older brother, a little too big for his britches at some time. Why are these the same initials as him? CCR? <laughs> <laughs> Candy for Christmas. Ralphie from a, to- uh, a Christmas car- uh, Christmas story, and Charlie because he was a broken toy in, uh, he was a Mr. Toy. He was Charlie in the box. Your Christmas. 
I am the I am the epitome of Christmas. <laughs> Watch as I reign over your holiday. I, I didn't name uh, the mom and dad because I figured they'd just be called mom and dad. Right, uh, dad who's a nervous, who's very nervous and a little neurotic as a character. And then mom, who's very overprotective. She has a list all written out for kids, what time they had to go to bed, how they had to brush their teeth for three minutes. Like that, you know, that's the character that I have in mind for the mom. And I think the surprise character, though, the one that everybody's going to love, is the crazy neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) The creepy old neighbor named Old Man Winters. (laughs) And he just comes off as creepy. But in the end, he'll be the one delivering the all-important Christmas message. The inspiring... You know, you need that in a Christmas story. You need it. You need the character that comes out and gives that lioness kind of speech. And that's... Old Man Winters is going to be creepy throughout, kind of scary to the kids, but in the end, he'll come through. And boom, you'll get your Christmas. <laughs> you get your Christmas. <laughs> Tagline! Boom, you get your Christmas. <laughs> and don't worry, there will be a... Sur- there, it wouldn't be a Christmas special without a visit from Santa, who is drunk off his rocker. Ooh. Paul brought that, on the table he, I didn't even think of. Boom. There is boom, my pitch. Christmas. <laughs> have it all written out. I didn't read it verbatim, what I wrote. Because that's fine. That's, I wouldn't do that, but I did write it. <laughs> Daddy <laughs> is a light sleeper. <laughs> and, no, and then after it says, antics ensue. <laughs> I forgot I wrote that because that is classic, Paul. <laughs> uh, I do. You got to write that right down. Boom! You got your Christmas. Boom! You got because your Christmas. you don't want to forget that tagline. It's on um, old man winters. I, I think <laughs> after we pitch these, when we wrap up the episode, we're gonna have to come up with our taglines. Like, if this was an actual movie, if you were watching the trailer for it, what would you know the movie voice guy? What would he be saying? In a world. <laughs> exactly, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So after we get our pictures out, I say we we write those and we go for it. See that's that's what kind of that's a pitch that proper you know, preparation provides right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is Paul likes to probably prepare. I don't. I know, I, I, my name starts with P. <laughs> <laughs> properly prepare Paul. Properly prepared Paul. Pete Bats Paul. Pete Bats Paul. I loved how Jojo Tough his nails kept on calling me that at work. That's, that's <laughs> your name. That's awesome. <laughs> Doesn't sound that awesome. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. John, you got, you got your pitch ready to go? I got my pitch ready. You ready to go? go? Let's do this. This is going to fall in line with movies from the 80s. It takes place in the 80s. All right. Liking it. Liking it. You know, it's going to be like your E.T. or even your, um, your, uh, what is the, uh, the Prancer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or the Dudley Moore. The Dudley Moore. In line with the, more like the, like, E.T. and, and Prancer, because you gotta, you gotta save Christmas here. And it all starts... He doesn't save Christmas, he saves Halloween, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's got the, it's got the feel of that kind of movie. Wait, 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 it's E.T. and Prancer combined <laughs> for my pitch. I'm kind of afraid of this alien bestiality that John is describing here, but go on. Go on. Do antics ensue. Antics are all over the place! <laughs> it's about two boys, two brothers. Christmas Eve, they're allowed to open one gift. Okay. And what they open up is Simon. Ooh. The beep boop 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 game. Yes. 
<laughs> That's the game. After everyone's gone to bed, Christmas Eve, Simon starts flashing. And he starts floating. And he tells the boys that they need to save Christmas. Because something horrible is going to happen. So they need to sneak out of town, sneak out of the house. Wait, does he speak? He speaks! Okay, in actual voice, not yeah. just beep, boop, beep, yeah. boop, boop, like R2-D2. He right. speaks. He speaks. Okay. He's got, a, he's got a voice. And Simon tells them that they need to go save Christmas. So the boys sneak out of the house with Simon, mm-hmm. and they have to go save Christmas. Because on the other side of town is the crooked sheriff, who also got a Simon, and he's telling him <laughs> to do evil doings. <laughs> evil doings! So the boys have to race to stop the sheriff from killing Christmas. Ooh. Wow. So the boys got the Simon that goes beep, beep, beep. And the, the uh, sheriff got the Simon that goes boop, 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 boop. boop. Exactly. <coughs> <coughs> What's my pitch? That's your pitch. Did any more? I mean, I, 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 character, I he's got character development. I wanna, well, I guess this we, is we a pitch. I mean, we, it was we something just, I wanted to like, all of us work well, on. We discussed that we would come up with the characters. We, we said how did many. We? Ca- yeah, we said how did many. We? Yes, we we did mention that we, right. because we were like, right. so how many got, characters do we need? And I'm okay. like, okay, we can't okay. have more than three a piece. And I'm like, okay, three, just only three characters? Well, no, 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 three. We couldn't do any more than three. No more than three. So we couldn't do nine characters. So you got your mom and your dad, who again will just be called mom and dad. You got Joey and his brother Ramon <laughs> and Simon, right? And evil Simon. And then you have evil Simon, mm-hmm. uh, crooked sheriff. sheriff, good younger deputy. Mm. Shows up at the end. Shows up at the end. Who delivers the all important Christmas message? So boom, you got your Christmas. Boom, you got your Christmas. When the two Simons collide. Whoa! Oh. Spoilers. <laughs> No, not spoilers. They need to know this in the pitch. Okay. Because who will win? Beep, boop, 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 boop. Which Simon will beat which Simon? Simon versus Simon, huh? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like it. (coughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) And let me tell you, I like it. (laughs) Chris, I'm sorry that you're going up against these two strong pitches. I don't know if the listeners can even hear your pitch because they were blown away by the right. awesomeness. Here it comes. Joey Ramon. <laughs> Joey Ramon. <laughs> April 30th, 1945. Deep from a bunker, Adolf Hitler sets his final plan in motion. Wait a second. Can I say something here? Because yes, I heard this and it, I thought it was the funniest shit ever. Okay. Hitler couldn't have been all that bad. After all, he did kill Hitler. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. That's very good, Paul. That's very good. Yeah. That, and I'm like, that is true and hilarious. <laughs> Historically accurate and great. It's true. So he couldn't have been all that bad. Except for killing all this juice. <laughs> but he did kill Hitler. Okay. That's true. That's what I'm saying. So, Can I go yes, back to setting the yes, mood? Yes, I'm sorry. Mood set. April 30th, 1945, from deep in a bunker, Hitler sets forth his most evil plan ever. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. He recruits his coalition of animal lieutenants, four very hungry, hungry hippos. (laughs) In a whirlwind story that takes 50 years to to enact, Hitler's hungry, hungry hippos set forth 
to eat all of Christmas. It's <laughs> up <laughs> so to two kids, Nick and Holly, to team up with Santa Claus. I see what you did there, I Nick see, and Holly. I see what I did there. <laughs> to stop Hitler's lieutenants from eating all of Christmas. And it might be a special uh, robot Hitler head <laughs> that comes in to, to deliver the Christmas message at the end. Because he might learn his lesson. We don't know. But I present to you, bagging board listeners and bagging board cast, Hungry Hungry Hitler. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's going to be hard to beat. I knew this was coming, too. <laughs> Basically, here's the thing. I, I just came up with, I'll use Hungry Hungry Hippos the other day, and I told John that. I just thought up all of that, like, right when we sat down. <laughs> Remember last week when I said, are we actually going to write out... Like, this sounds like a great idea for an episode. Yeah. But guys, are we actually going to sit down and write out a pitch and actually, you know... Do I thought we were actually work? talking about writing out, like, the, the script and stuff. I have some legwork here. John, you're going to be doing Hungry Hungry Hippo number one. <laughs> Ooh, am I the orange one? It doesn't matter. Oh. You'll also be the voice a, of Holly. It's an audio podcast. Channel. And Santa. Santa's going to have the same voice as He-Man. <laughs> you'll be the voice of Hungry Hungry Hippo number two, the voice of Nick, and the narrator. Mm. I, myself, will be Hungry Hungry Hippos number three and four, as well as Hitler. Guten <laughs> Tag. <laughs> it's going to be historically accurate, too. That's my bag and board promise. <laughs> oh, Tannenbaum will Just never be insane. by Schindler. <laughs> Comes in, he comes in to sing uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Guest appearance by Miguel, or whatever his <laughs> kid's name is from the He-Man one. Yes, it was Miguel. Because I fucking love that kid. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's my pitch. So those are our pitches. Yeah. Why are you guys looking at me? I don't know. So well, we're, uh, email us at Bags and Board. Contact at BagsandBoardCast.com. We're going to put our ideas up on Facebook so you can vote for those as well. And, um... I, I think since, like, I don't know if we can do a poll, but whichever pitch gets the most likes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If so you just like don't the like pitch, them like all. It. Yes. And we can't vote on it because it just shows up as Begging. you like this. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're counting on listeners. Here. So you can post my idea up on Facebook easily. Okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how about we each put up our, our pitch on there? Yeah. So we can just type okay. it up in our own words. All right. So look for those on Bagging Board. On our Facebook. On our Facebook. On Facebook. We'll also link through to the website, of course. Exactly. It'll be fun. It will be that. So uh, I guess that wraps us up for this quick, week, right? Quick episode, because we've got some work ahead of us. Trying <laughs> yes, to, uh, yes. And also we've had some going. quite long episodes we have. in the past. In, past four, three, really. Yeah. 99 was almost two hours, and then our 100th was fairly long also, and an hour and a half for both 101 and 102, so you're getting off easy this week, listeners. Yeah. All you need to do now is take that extra 15 minutes that we're giving you to go over to Facebook and actually vote. And email us your suggestions. And if you want to be involved in any way in our holiday special, let us know. Yeah, let's let us know. In. You can do a voice. If you can... Uh, that might be too intensive, mm-hmm. but if you can record something, we'll gladly like write you a line, record yeah. it, and we'll put it into the podcast. There, yeah, there we go. If you want, you know, just you should want to be yeah. immortalized in bagging board history or comment on the Facebook stuff. 
All right, until next week, where we will be bringing you The Muppets, a full episode of The Muppets. Chris. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's about time they did something with The Muppets, right, Paul? Exactly. Uh, but we got the new Muppet coming out, so it's going to be a, a uh, all Muppet three-way. We're going to be talking about the movie and just like our thoughts and feelings about the Muppets and over the course of history. There's going to be a deep discussion about the Muppets on Jimmy Fallon, too, because they were just on him last week. Really? Paul, you didn't watch it? Paul, you didn't... I, I don't have a DVR anymore, so uh, it's kind of hard because uh, I don't stay up that late. But maybe I'll catch it on NBC.com now. Yeah. But, of course, if I'm on the internet listening to any show, I'm listening to this one right here. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Con- send us emails. Contact at BagnaBoardCast.com. Like us over on Facebook. <clears throat> Read and review on- us over on iTunes, too. Oh, definitely. Give us some iTunes love, people. It's been too, too long since I've gotten any love on the iTunes. Paul needs that. That's what makes his day. It, it actually does. Every day that I don't have a iTunes like or comment... He cuts himself. I'm like... Mr. Zazz over here right now. 